As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm trying. Where's your emergency? It's 1357 South Water Street. It's off 109. Please hurry. You said 57? Please hurry. Okay, what's going on? Uh, my, my son's truck backed over him, and he, it's rolled over him and dragged him into the ditch, and it's on top of him. He's trapped under the truck, and I... I yeah, he, I, he... Somehow it drug him underneath it. Yes, my son is under it. I'm trying to... No, I'm, I'm trying to call 911. Okay, what's your name? Oh, my God. My name is Aaron Solomon. And you said oh you're my God. 1357 Southwater Avenue, right? Yes. How yes. old is the male? He's 18. He just turned 18 a couple of weeks, about a month ago. It's my son. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is not good. Is he awake? Oh, please hurry. I don't know. I don't think so. He's not... Oh, he's not... Alert, right? No, he's out. And he's trapped. I got three guys here, and he's trapped under the truck. Okay. Oh, my God. I understand, sir. Stay on the phone with me while we get somebody out there. What's your name? Aaron Solomon. All right, Aaron. Huh? What kind of vehicle is it? It's a Toyota Tacoma, Tacoma, and it's the, the vehicle has to, he's underneath the vehicle. Okay, I've got and the, that. And, and it's. Okay, I've got that. What color is it? It's a white truck. That's my son. It's somehow it backed up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on one. I'm on with nine one one right now. Oh my god. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Was your son working on it? No, no, he was just getting out of it. It's the hill. It's we're on an incline, and I guess he didn't have it in park or something, or it wasn't engaged, or. Oh my god. Is oh my your god, son I can't still believe not this. responding? No, no. And he's still no. under truck. No one can get yes. out from under. No, we, it's no. We've got units en route to you. I'm just asking you questions before we can huh? update him, okay? Can you check and see if huh? he's breathing? I, I, somebody's telling me that he's coming too. Okay, Maybe. he is. He is waking up Maybe. kind of keeping still. So he is well, he can't, Yeah, he can't move. I don't think he can move. I, I don't know. Okay. I no, he can't move. He's trapped. Okay. We got somebody in round. Now, when he wakes uh, up, he might I'm be scared. I'm telling you, Then somebody I'm get down there and talk to him. Yeah, somebody talk to him. Shit. There's blood. What, is he facing up or down? He's facing up. They said he may aspirate. We need to hurry. Oh, my God. So does he have blood coming out of his mouth? Yeah, he's, yeah. There's blood coming out. Yeah, somehow it drug him down. I think I don't know whether it wasn't his heart or what, or if it didn't engage the brake or it drug him underneath somehow. Okay. They said he's facing up. Okay. But he's bleeding from his mouth. So, Grant, turn your face to the side if you can, barely, but be careful. Don't move him, okay? We can't move him. We can't. We can't move him. Thank you. All right, he's in there. There, I'm gonna let you go, okay? Yeah. Okay. okay. Welcome right. to the Bye-bye. first episode of Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon? I'm Lauren Conlin, and I'm about to blow your mind with a case that has serious inconsistencies, flaws, and so much controversy. After three years of Grant Solomon's family and so many others protesting and pleading for police to reopen this case and investigate, sadly, nothing has been done. What you first heard at the beginning of this podcast was the 911 call made by former local celebrity news anchor, Aaron Solomon, Grant's father, while Grant was stuck underneath his truck, eventually dying shortly thereafter. Now, for those just joining my coverage on this story, I also host another podcast called Lauren Interviews. If you'd like, you can head over to that podcast for two recent episodes titled Corruption in Tennessee, with an extremely in-depth interview with Angie Solomon, Grant's mother. In total, it's about three hours broken into two parts, and it gives you the entire Solomon family backstory, which is important, but essentially, Angie Solomon and I decided that all all of the domestic dispute issues and the sexual abuse allegations Gracie Solomon has made against her father might take away from what we're trying to accomplish with reopening Grant's case and ultimately getting him justice. There's also a lot more to unpack eventually with allegations of corruption against Grant and Gracie's former school, Grace Christian Academy, and the powerful people who run it. 
But again, we're not going to go there just yet because we want to stick to the cold, hard facts. Also, you can Google Gracie Solomon if you're curious. She is a force and you can read all about what she's endured. But at this point, we have facts on this podcast laid out and I want to take you through the accident and what we found in our research thus far. So first, there's an article by Aaron Rasmussen for Investigation Discovery, and it's linked out in the episode notes so you can read it, but I'm going to paraphrase a very short part of it as he does a great job detailing the accident in one or two sentences. And he also does briefly mention Gracie and her allegations in the article, which will help people understand a possible motive for a possible murder. Now, I also want to add from the 911 call that you listen to, it's very important to know Aaron Solomon never, ever went into that ditch to be with his dying son. Grant Solomon, a high school senior and star baseball player at Grace Christian Academy in Franklin, Tennessee, had just turned 18 when he tragically died on July 20th, 2020. An investigation determined that Grant was killed after he was struck with his own car while in the parking lot of a baseball training club in Gallatin, Tennessee. A single person, Grant's father, former Nashville radio and television personality Aaron Solomon, was the only witness to Grant's death. According to Aaron, Grant's Toyota Tacoma must have rolled backwards over his son as he collected his baseball gear from the vehicle, somehow dragging him across the parking lot pavement down into a rocky ditch where Aaron claims Grant became trapped under the weight of the truck. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm going to give some background here about the morning of July 20th, 2020, and some background on Aaron and Grant's relationship to help set up the scene. Now, this information I'm providing is from the extensive interview I did with Angie Solomon on the Lauren Interviews podcast and Grant's girlfriend, Hannah, which I did after. 
So Grant and Aaron did not have a good relationship. Aaron was allegedly physically and sexually abusive to Gracie Solomon, Grant's sister, as well as verbally abusive to Grant. Now, at the time of Grant's death, Grant had been living with his mother for about two years, and Grant's girlfriend, Hannah, saw noticeable changes in him from when he was forced to previously live with his father, Aaron. Grant was now healthier, happier, and just overall in a better mental state. It's important to note also that Grant really hadn't been alone with his father within those two years, except for maybe the occasional time where they played baseball together as Aaron would sort of force this on Grant, but that was at a a public field, so it didn't really count as being alone. Now, on the morning of July 20th, 2020, Aaron Solomon claimed that he made an appointment at this baseball clinic that's called the Ward Performance Institute in Gallatin, which is about an hour from Franklin. So it's expensive for these type of appointments where an athlete can train, possibly get evaluated, and yada yada. So Grant was just getting over COVID, and he wasn't in the best shape to be playing baseball. He told his mom, Angie, that he really didn't want to go because he thought it would be a waste of money because he didn't feel 100%. Well, Aaron Solomon still wanted Grant to attend regardless, so Grant said, fine, I'll go, but I really don't want him there as I'm 18 years old now, and I'm technically an adult, so I can go on my own. Well, Aaron, obviously, ended up going anyway. Now, before we get into the discrepancies of what happened that morning, the lack of police investigation, and the strange state of Grant's body, I'm going to read Aaron Solomon's statement to the Gallatin PD of what happened that morning that was sent to me um, by by Angie, his his ex-wife. And just bear with me because Aaron's handwriting is not great, and I'm actually reading this from like a scanned document. My son Grant and I pulled into WPI separately and parked side by side. I was still in my car, but noticed my son got out to get his baseball gear out of the back of his truck. I looked down to check a work email, and the next thing I know, I hear and see the truck rolling backwards into a ditch. I get out of my car to try to find my son and saw that he was trapped underneath the truck and I immediately called 911. Now, I want to tell you about the police mishandlings of this investigation. And oh my gosh, you are going to be so shook. I mean, I could have done a better investigation with my freaking musical theater degree, okay? So first, Aaron made a 911 call at 8.44 a.m. And police arrive on the scene about four minutes later at 8.48 a.m. The last police officer left... The scene of this freak accident at 9.41 a.m. Literally, by 9.41 a.m., 57 minutes after they arrived, everyone was gone. So that's a 57-minute death investigation of a so-called freak accident? In what world do they conclude an investigation of a young 18-year-old boy in an hour? Like, that's crazy. Okay, Second, let's talk about the three men that Aaron mentions on this 911 call. 
Where were they? The fact that police didn't even try to find them, that absolutely blows my mind. Third, third, if Aaron Solomon claims he was on his phone at the time of the accident, texting or checking emails, the police could have done a forensic exam of his phone, and that was never done. They simply took Aaron's word and... Cops are trained to to verify that even if it was an accident, you still have to look into this. And the Gallatin PD did not. They did less than an adequate investigation. Now, fourth, this is important. Aaron claims Grant was getting his baseball gear out of the back or the bed of his truck. Now, according to Grant's mother and multiple sources, Grant and seasoned baseball players in general would never leave their gear outside in the heat. I mean, this is Tennessee. Now, two weeks later, Aaron does change his story when Angie Solomon and her friend ask him to reenact the accident so they can make a a video recording. So then he says Grant was getting his equipment from the backseat just behind the driver's side. So this is confusing because wouldn't that just consist of Grant getting out and opening the side door? Where if your truck does start to roll backwards, couldn't you just jump out of the way? Okay, and fifth, fifth, let's let's go back to the Gallatin PD. So this is a, a seasoned police squad department. This is not a small town. Gallon is a, a pretty big city, so they know what they're doing. Now, the fact that law enforcement did not do an accident reconstruction on a fatal accident is is crazy. Again, crazy. And what's more so, it turns out, and I got this information from the Dale Lawrence Crime Crime Solver podcast, excuse me, that the Gallatin PD did have a fatal accident reconstruction investigator on their team in their department. So I don't understand why you wouldn't immediately call them down there and say, hey, we have a freak accident. We need to go through this with you. Additionally, a thorough search of the scene was not done at all. Grant's goggles for his glasses and cell phone were actually left in the ditch. And again, this is beyond me. An hour investigation and they leave shit behind. Now, sixth, Back to the Dale Lawrence Crime Solver podcast, they did some research on the Toyota Tacoma truck that Grant drove, and they said the truck gets a five-star safety rating. And not only that, Angie did have an independent agency conduct an investigation with this truck. Now, they concluded that the transmission parking pole that's in this truck was not defective. So the parking pall actually should have prevented the truck from rolling. So what gives? Now let's talk about Grant's injuries and those inconsistencies surrounding that. Grant's injuries. So Grant was bleeding from the nose, ears, and mouth with dilated pupils. And I'm taking this from the actual paramedic report. He had a gash on the back of his head as well. The signs and symptoms from the paramedic report read cardiovascular, cardiac arrest, respiratory arrest, and injury to the head. 
Nowhere does it claim that his body was burned from being dragged under a car, which was approximately 60 feet that he would have had to been dragged from the back of the car, the distance from the back of the car to the ditch. And let's note, a Toyota Tacoma weighs up to 4,000 pounds. So there were no scrapes documented. His clothing was intact. There was no burn documented from the undercarriage of the truck or from a hot engine. So wouldn't there have been burn marks? I mean, at least one or two? No, there was none. This, to me, should have been enough for an accident reenactment. Now, I'm going to get into some detail about when Grant got to the hospital and the state of his body there, but to be honest with you, I just got a lot of these medical records from Angie, so I need to go over them in depth with someone in the field of medicine, so just stay tuned for that on the next episode. So, by the time Angie had arrived at the hospital, as it took her over an hour to get there, Grant was already pronounced dead. He had arrived at the hospital by 9-11 a.m., to which his medical forms state that he had head and brain trauma and suffered cardiac arrest from being trapped under the car. His time of death was 9-28 a.m., and the official cause of death was traumatic head injury and cardiac arrest. So by the time Angie arrived, Aaron Solomon had already signed off on not having an autopsy performed or anything post-mortem, and apparently he was on the phone booking a singer for Grant's funeral. (sighs) Of course, everyone grieves differently, but as a parent, all I'm going to say is wow. I did look at the form titled um, Authority to Release Body that Angie had sent me from the hospital records. And there is a section that says, if an autopsy is authorized, this form is to be given to the lab upon completion with the patient's medical record. And then there's like a little place to sign and date. And sure enough, it's empty. So yes, by the time Angie Solomon got to the hospital, her son was dead and her ex-husband signed off on any and all post-mortem forms. She was completely helpless. Let's pivot to a possible motive of why Aaron Solomon would want his son, Grand Solomon, dead. I don't want to get too deep into the motives because it's a much larger conversation with Angie and Gracie, and it could basically take up an entire episode, but I do want to give a little bit of a backstory. So Angie and Aaron Solomon had been in family court pretty much since 2013 to 2020, fighting over custody of their children. It's important to note that at one point during this fight, when they were sanctioned to live with their father, both kids, they went to court and Grant had stated to a magistrate in front of the lawyers, in front of the witnesses, in front of the court, everybody who was in there, that he did not feel safe living with his father, Aaron, as he felt his father was capable of killing him. Now, the magistrate thought this over during his lunch break or something like that, and then came back and looked at Grant and looked at Aaron and said, listen, Grant, you're 6'4", your father is 5'8", 5'9", I think you can handle yourself. 
And then he sent Grant back into the custody of his father. Now, a lot of you might be wondering, why would this abusive man have custody of his kids? Well, I implore you to go back and listen to the Lauren Interviews podcast because we get totally into that. And we will get into this down the road on this podcast. But again, right now we're focusing on the facts. So Grant went to live with his father even though he stated publicly that he was afraid of him, which is another reason why I'm so confused that no one came forward after Grant's death and said, hey, wait a minute, Grant never felt safe around his dad. Is anyone going to investigate that they were actually alone together for the first time in a very long time and Grant wound up dead? By 2020, Angie Solomon still did not have full custody of Gracie. When Grant turned 18, he thought in his head that if he went to the courts and petitioned to get full custody of Gracie himself, she would not have to suffer the abuse at the hands of her father anymore. He was going to continue his quest to tell them everything that his father had done to him, to Gracie, to Angie, and many people believe that this was the motive and why Aaron Solomon wanted his son dead. I'm going to play a very short clip of when I spoke to Grant's girlfriend, Hannah, on the phone. She basically tells me all about how Grant was really growing into himself and really starting to stick up for himself as well as his family when it came to his father. Now, she goes on to say the significant change that she saw in Grant when he was able to live with his mother. She said that he looked better. He looked healthier. He had put on some weight. He was very thin when he lived with his father. He was happier and just in a a better mental state altogether. Now I'm going to apologize for this audio. I talked to her last minute and, you know, she, she, called me and I I wasn't super ready. So I was recording from my computer. So yeah, the audio is not amazing, but just listen. And I think it will shed some light on a possible motive. Something else that might be helpful. And I don't know if his mom had already Mm -hmm. told you this, um, but Grant did like disclose to me that he wanted to, you know, expose his father once he was finally legal when he turned 18. And so he, you know, yeah, that's why that's 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 the whole um, thing with you know he had just turned eighteen right before he passed away and mm-hmm. uh, that's why we have like you know so many speculations about that. And, of course, uh, of course, ulterior motives. But um, yeah, yeah, he he definitely was you know growing into standing up for himself and yeah. Um, he started like he, you know, ever since he was a kid, his his dad put this a, a ton of pressure on him and um, wanting him to play professional baseball and like become this, you know, athlete that his dad had a, a vision for him and all this stuff. And you know, Grant slowly like didn't want that anymore for himself, mm. and um, he wanted to you know go to the college I was going to and play baseball there and not Aww. really you know worry about you know. Yeah, professional baseball or whatnot, and you know he was kind of going, starting to go against his dad, and that, totally. which I think that sparked some anger, and and because you know his dad primarily just wanted to control, you know. Yeah. 
We're going to end the first episode there just so we don't throw too much information at you if you're just hearing about this case for the first time. And additionally, I would really, really recommend that people go and do some research themselves so they can come back and listen to the next episode with maybe some new info that I did not get to yet, but you'll be able to listen with that in mind. Now, I also want to shout out that there is a GoFundMe for Grant, and this is to raise money to get him the independent autopsy and that he needs, and also obviously to exhume his body. This is so much like the Stephen Smith case, and I know that Stephen Smith, that GoFundMe raised $100,000 and it's still going. Not only does Grant's body need to be exhumed and re-examined, but you can almost bet that Aaron Solomon is going to fight this from happening. So there needs to be extra money coming in for attorney fees and even, you know, a private investigator. So please head to the change.org petition, sign it, then go to the GoFundMe, justice for Grant, Anything you can do is so appreciated. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Lauren underscore interviews. If you want to find Angie and Gracie, you can find them on Instagram at freedom for Gracie at Angie Solomon family official and at Angie Solomon 30. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode. Another episode will drop this week and we'll get into more of the medical discrepancies and why on earth was there not an autopsy? Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.